Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Our friend Katie Wu from The Athletic joins us now to talk some Cardinal baseball and other things. Katie, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning to three of my friends. So nice to be talking to you. And, of course, a big congratulations to you, Randy, on your induction to the St. Louis uh, Hall of Fame. You're incredible. Thank you very much. That's so nice of you, Katie. I, I appreciate it. And uh, you are going to be a Hall of Famer, too. Your, your work is amazing. And I, I oh, feel I the same way, No, I, I feel the same way about your work that you feel about mine. What, what you do is amazing. But I know you're really looking forward to the Super Bowl for a couple of reasons. Are, you, are you a big-time 49er fan? So I wouldn't say uh, a big time diehard. Um, however, since my my ability to root for baseball teams has been more or less squashed for the last five years, I've adopted the 49ers. I will say, though, not the best planning I've ever done, Randy. My flight to Jupiter for spring training is on Super Bowl Sunday, and not much I can do to change it. So we're just going to hope it's on time, and I arrive there in time for the Super Bowl and, you know, eventually spring training. But Super Bowl first. Okay, so now the big question. Not a huge 49er fan, but you like him. You grew up in the area. But you are a huge Taylor Swift fan. So who you got? You got Kelsey and the Chiefs or the 49ers from your home area? I think the 49ers, because Taylor's already won with this new album she's dropping on April 19th. Yes, I know the exact date. So she's already won. And um, I, I think I think my fellow Bay Area people are due for some love this weekend. So sorry to all my Chiefs fans out there. And sorry, Taylor. I still love you. But I'm going Niners here. All right. And then one more thing from Katie Wu. You, uh, text, you tweeted this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in light of recent events, I feel compelled to draw attention back oh, to God. this announcement, right? You are all actually <laughs> not allowed to yell at me until pitchers and catchers report. Sorry, these are the rules. So next week, people can yell at you again? Let me let me say this, Randy. Every time you leave us, you tweeted this. I, I get some anxiety because of what did I put on the Internet this time? Um, yes, I guess those are the rules. Um, thank you for the reminder that I put that out there. So a week from today, people are allowed to yell at me, but be nice. Be nice about it. (laughs) That's so so good, Katie. When I saw that, I was like, yes, Katie deserves a little bit of a break from people. Because I think a lot of people just want to put their frustrations out on you because you're writing out the stories. Isn't that the feeling of it? And that's okay. And, you know, that's why I did this survey. And let me tell you, I think um, I think it was a therapy session for a lot of fans. And I'm glad that so many people did it because it felt like more like they were just yelling into air rather than yelling at me directly. And, like, look, I can take it. It's fine. I like joking around with my, my beloved Twitter followers. But the survey, I think, was a, a better indication of how the fan base feels. And it was kind of separated into just a different kind of outlet. So I was glad to see so much participation in in that one. And that's what I was going to ask you about, because there's very interesting and surprising results that came out with that survey that you mentioned that is out on The Athletic right now. And you had a lot of good questions on there, including how do you feel about the state of the franchise? What was the most surprising result of that survey that you saw? So I'm pulling up the, the stats right now, and I expected just based on what I've heard for the last four months for fans to be more fairly pessimistic or very pessimistic than they were now fairly pessimistic won the majority vote with 38.3%, but 
20% of fans were fairly optimistic and 28% were neutral. And that was a little bit higher than I expected. You know, recency bias is a big thing. And Cardinals fans hadn't had a season like 2023 in over 30 years. So I was expecting confidence to drop. And don't get me wrong, it has, but not necessarily to the extent that I was really expecting just based on the overall vibe of the 2023 season. So don't get me wrong. Still, I think the, the fan base still is pretty much like show me that this is going to work, but it's not as, as dire as I thought it would have been. What do you think, Katie, is the, the biggest question going into spring? Oh, um, well, I think the obvious answer is the rotation, right? What is that going to look like? Is it enough? You know, I, I feel like everyone's pretty confident in Sonny Gray, and rightfully so. He's a top five pitcher last year, top five pitcher available in free agency. Can he headline this rotation and be their ace? I absolutely believe so. What about the other four? You know, what does Miles Michaelis look like this year? Is he going to bounce back and be more of a 2022 version? We know Miles is going to go out there and post innings, but what about those quality of those innings? And we can ask that same question for Stephen Matz, Lance Lynn, and Kyle Gibson. So once again, coming into spring, the biggest question is the rotation. Surprise, surprise. It's the new Cardinal way. But there are um, a couple of other underlying questions, including – Where's Tommy Edmonds held that? How is Mason Wynn going to hit this spring? And what does the bullpen look like? So I'm looking forward to getting out there and I'm trying to explore a little bit more of that. Katie Wu from The Athletic has a great piece up, the Cardinal Fan Survey, and you can check it out at The Athletic. Katie, in a society that is generally devoid of understanding nuance, I really appreciate your readers because there was this question, how would you rate the job Bill DeWitt Jr. has done during his tenure as owner from 1996 until now? About 60% of the people said above average or excellent. But then, two questions later, how confident are you in ownership? And 45% say not very confident or not confident at all. It seems to me, judging by the reaction to those two questions and looking at the nuance, that people appreciate the job that Bill DeWitt has done to this point, but they aren't happy with the job that he's doing right now and not confident in his abilities. Is that what you read into those? Yes, I think that's a completely fair takeaway. And look, when you look at the DeWitt tenures for the last 27 going on 28 years, it's pretty remarkable, not just in a baseball standpoint, but for professional sports. And it is completely fair to look at the almost three decades of work and objectively say that's a, that's an impressive tenure. But it's also fair to say, given the Cardinals' success or lack thereof in the postseason over the last five years, and the spending habits of the organization, and we can get into whether or not the Cardinals should spend or not. That's an entirely different debate. It's also fair for fans to say it hasn't been good enough lately. And 2023, the Cardinals are at least hoping, was a horrible anomaly and something that happens once every three decades. But fans are looking at the current trends of what the team does in the postseason. I mean, keep in mind the last time the Cardinals won a postseason series was the NLDS in 2019. I have never covered a Cardinals playoff win in my tenure as a beat writer. Uh, Maybe it's me. I don't know. But um, (laughs) I think think it's fair to say, (laughs) I think it's fair to say you can look at the DeWitt ownership and say it's been pretty remarkable, but also as fans want something more so that they can continue that legacy because it is dropping off a little bit just based on the overall success of the club over the last five years. Well, Katie, I know something that could make fans really happy. At least I think that it would make fans really happy. Of course, the Royals signing their young star shortstop in Bobby Wood Jr. the other day, a guaranteed 11-year, $288 million extension. Do you see the Cardinals doing the same for Jordan Walker here soon, or will they wait? Well, according to this fan survey, 50% of them really want that to happen. Um, and I can understandably see why. I think they're going to wait 
And I'm not saying they're not going to explore the idea, but Jordan is so young. He has just one year in the major leagues, and he adapted incredibly well to a really tough situation throughout his rookie year, both team-wise, personally, everything I think Jordan handled in a way that most 21-year-olds couldn't. Um, I don't necessarily know if it's on that on their radar. Obviously, the Cardinals seem to do an extension every spring. Um, I don't know if Tommy Edmonds' extension counts in this regard. But I think if they're looking at extension candidates right now, they're more likely to look at a Paul Goldschmidt one. I was a little bit surprised that Lars Newbar didn't see more love because that seems like another logical one that they could do, especially as Lars approaches his arbitration year soon. Um, but Jordan Walker, I mean, it's not that the Cardinals – are opposed to do to extending Jordan if they get to that conversation. It would just be a very uncardinal like thing to do. Their extensions usually happen when players approach their arbitration years. Think Paul DeYoung, think Giovanni Gallegos, think Tommy Edmond. Those are the kinds of deals that they usually make. Of course, you can never say never. Jordan Walker is a special talent, but I'm not sure if they're there yet. Katie, according to the people that responded to your poll, there doesn't seem to be an awful lot of confidence in Ollie and the coaching staff at this point. It's yeah, it was not the most positive area of the survey. I will say that. It did elicit the most write-in answers, though. So <laughs> there is that. Um, look, I get it. Someone has to answer in the eyes of the fans to 91 losses. And I'm not sure if Ollie did himself any favors with the fan base and calling out Tyler O'Neill on the fifth game of the season. But And I'm not sure if, if that helped his relationship with Tyler at all. But I, I can say that the clubhouse really moved past it pretty quickly. The fan base is having trouble doing that. And when you add that on top of the snowball effect of 2023, then yes, fan base confidence uh, wavers as we've seen. Now what happens if Ollie Marmel comes back and puts together a campaign that's similar to 2022? Are we changing our tune? Because then it's two out of three years where it's been more success over less success. And I think that's why this year is so pivotal. Obviously, the contract negotiation or the contracts and, and his overall status of his future are hanging up in the air. But this is kind of a prove it year for everyone in the organization, especially Ollie. He has a different roster, completely different bullpen, different rotation. You know, that projected opening day starting lineup is going to be pretty much the same. But it's now what can him and his staff, with the addition of Daniel Descalso and Dusty Blake on the pitching side, getting some help with an additional pitching coach hire, what can they do to ensure 2023 didn't happen again? And if Ollie and his coaching staff have a year similar to 2022, how do you as a fan feel about that? Are you more confident? Are you buying in? Or are you just kind of whatever about it? Katie, the signing of Matt Carpenter has been a lightning rod of talk here in town. What did you think of the move and how it plays out? Oh, it sure has. Um, that that was probably my my scariest day of the offseason, Dan, because I, full disclosure, had no idea it was coming. So here I am at Cost Plus World Market enjoying my Friday coffee in hand, <laughs> and I get an email from the Cardinals, and I was like, what? What is going on here? Uh, lightning rod is a, is a perfect word to, or phrase to describe that, that signing. And I've never seen so much outrage over a 26th man on the roster before, it's not like Matt Carpenter is taking spots away from anyone. Now, if, the, if Major League Baseball still installed a 25-man roster, then we could have this argument. But it's a 26-man roster. He's here. He's not going to see a lot of at-bats. Of course, he's going to compete for them. But he's not taking away development from other players. Alex Burleson is still have a, has a fair chance to make the roster. So does Dylan Carlson. It's, to me, 
if you're going to make your veterans happy like Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt and bring in Matt Carpenter, who knows the Cardinals and knows what it takes to establish winning baseball in that culture, something that the Cardinals, both the coaches, front office, and the players were pretty clear that they needed to help reinstall that, I get it. Now, if Matt Carpenter is playing every day in the starting lineup, which he won't be, but if he is, then I can understand fans' frustration. But this is nothing more than a 26-man signing. And let's look at the Cardinals bench if St. Louis didn't sign Carp. You know the bench right now is probably going to be Herrera, Carlson, Burleson. Who's that last guy? Luke and Baker, Jose Fermin, Michael Ciani. I mean, I know there's a lot of Baker fans out there, but is he really going to develop to his true potential seeing it back as the 26th man? Probably not. So you bring in Matt Carpenter, someone who's okay with a reduced role, someone who's okay in not seeing the field every day, someone who is essentially going to play the role that Taylor Motter did, right? Except Taylor Motter actually ended up playing a little bit more injuries. But if the roster stays how the Cardinals are hoping, if everyone stays healthy, Matt Carpenter is a 26th man, and it really, to me, was a bit of a shock that it was such a big deal. But, hey, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Well said and well explained, Katie Wu. A rule here for opening drive nation, no yelling at Katie Wu. This is uh, <laughs> that, a new that, pillar. It, it's just it, it's going to be a rule, and we aren't going to put up with people yelling at you. No yelling until next week, till pitchers and catchers. Yeah. And then fire away. Yeah. Hey, have a, a great spring. Enjoy your, yourself down in Jupiter. Are, are you going to bring your clubs with you? Um, I, I'm doing two stints in Jupiter. So the second stint, I'm bringing my clubs. First stint, however, I have really gotten into pickleball. I played exactly one time, but I am obsessed with it. So I bought the whole St. Louis Riders beat a pickleball set. Uh, it is, it's, it's hot pink. It's so cute. And we will be playing pickleball, whether they like it or not. We're playing pickleball afterwards. That's fantastic. Have a great time. We'll talk to you while you're down there and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Katie. You got it, guys. Talk later. See you later. That's the great Katie Wu of The Athletic um, 101 ESPN. And if you have not subscribed to The Athletic, Katie's work is magnificent. Jeremy Rutherford's work is spectacular at The Athletic. It is a must-subscribe if you're a sports fan in St. Louis.